podcast. Uh, it's going to be the Slot Neil show this evening, so we're delighted to have Gráinne Cahan and Tina Bradley with us, guys. You're very, very welcome. Thanks, Thanks very, very much. much. You have a nice setting there. It looks it like a fine fridge behind you and everything. It's very, you've gone all out for us. It looks very, really well. Just before the All-Ireland, we moved in in February, so uh, oh, still good. set. Yeah, that's the job. That's the job. I suppose as, we, as we're having this conversation, I suppose... Uh, it was just announced this morning that the club championship is going ahead. So I suppose uh, that's put a little bit of a pep in your step uh, if you're training over the weekend and stuff like that. Yeah, up here now in Derry, we have our league. Our league starts now the 31st of July. So that will be a match, I think, every Friday and even a Tuesday thrown in. So we'll be thrown back in. At it, I know. <laughs> It's um, always good. It's something to aim for. I think whenever you're training there by yourself and not knowing if you leave your championship or whatnot, now that you know that there's a goal and there's a target, it's helping to get back to training to get things right. I think it's nice to have a bit of league before championship too. Like our championship is knockout, so right. you know you only get one chance at it. So and that starts then in September. So it's nice to get a few league matches in, yeah. and you know yourself, I suppose, getting getting your touch back in and getting your eye back in for, for game day. So mm-hmm. uh, that's it. That's all of August. Then we league and then into championship in September. No room, no room for slip up. So um, so if you want to go and re- retain the title this year, you have to win every single game. There's no pressure. So. <laughs> yeah, the knockout, the knockout nearly every, every year yeah. we play knockout. So I think it always makes for interesting, you know. As long as you're on the right side with the results, I know. <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's exactly it. I suppose. Look, we were kind of vocal enough on the podcast that we maybe felt that um, that County Camogie should have gone first because the, I suppose the opportunity was there for them to maybe showcase the game without the opposition from the hurling and the uh, and the uh, and the football. I suppose. But for yourselves, how do you feel about it? It, it must be nice, maybe, to be kind of playing competitive games at this time of the year instead of waiting around for county to finish and stuff like that. Ah, yeah, I suppose the last few years for us, we've been fortunate enough that we've been playing right up till March and then we've had the break. So yeah. it probably hasn't affected us as much. We do, there's a few girls on the on the county panel, all right. Um, but I suppose we were in between having a break and then the likes of the girls that were going into the county had a lot of winter training done and were probably hitting the ground running and didn't have that, you know, the, the horrible winter <laughs> train and the winter slog and that. So it probably didn't affect us hugely directly. No. Probably the likes of Ethan, the Cassidy girls and probably Sinead yeah, and a few of the girls that would have been would have been playing county. Um, but if you'd have asked us, I suppose, a few months ago, we probably wouldn't have even thought there would have been Kogi going ahead, you know, I know, at all. You know given the whole circumstances. Um, so it's great to be back at it at all, isn't it? Yeah, so it's... Good for the sport, good for the mind. Yeah, getting up to the pitch just to see matches and things like that. There's nothing else. Yeah, we had a challenge match this evening, though, and geez, there was a crowd out that you wouldn't see at a championship match. I think people are just starved of action and they'll come out and watch anything. That's it. Look, I suppose before we talk about Camogie, uh, Gronia, just tell us a little bit about Slot Neil because I suppose it's not just uh, a special uh, club, it's a very special place. So just tell us a little bit about the parish and I suppose how the Gwailtuck ended up being set up and uh, just a, a little bit about the place in general. Uh, uh, I love how Slot Neil have got this now 
that they're a very special place. It's no different from a lot of other rural places. It's uh, very green and quiet most of the time. But um, no, we are we are blessed to live where we do. Um, so we're just a rural area um, um, in Derry, and we have a population of a thousand people or there thereabouts. Um, but we've a community hub or community centre called Ancarn, which is uh, run by the community and. I myself work on it, so I work, um, the aim of the community centre was to try and put the Irish language back in and to give it a bit of a rebirth in the area because it wasn't all that long ago from Irish speakers or native speakers that lived in Slatnail and spoke Irish. So part of my job role would be working a lot with the youth and the Gale school and Irish medium schools around in the area as well. And we're fortunate now, like that came from, I was a pupil in that school when it was first established in 1990, it was first established in 93. Um, and then whenever, like we're starting out with 10 pupils in the entire school, and now you're right up there with 80 or so, like we attend in the Irish school, which is just fantastic. So um, there's a big respect for Irish culture, taking in the language, the sport, the music, everything. Um, and I suppose we have like a, great group of people who are so committed to that cause that love their culture love their language and have that respect for their language and um, whether you're an Irish speaker or not like that respect is throughout the whole community um, so we're fortunate enough that we're I suppose that kind of goes part and parcel of people that they're hearing the language being spoken on the pitch at the at, at the pitch and around the grounds um, in the community center then as well um, but Slatniel are known for this wee tiny that have no shops or no bars or whatever, but we've got an arts theatre, so we hold like gigs, we hold, there's uh, some great artists that have been gotcha or Bioga, them have performed on Slatniel, so you hear, you hear that there's no pub, so there's no shop that you can buy a loaf of bread, but all that aside, you can still go and have a music gig. That's, that's it. So you need, 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 a, need a pint of milk on a Saturday morning, it's not the place to go, but if you're a connoisseur of the fine arts, uh, you'll have all you need there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what was, uh, like, no, look, it sounds like a great place, I suppose, like, it's different, I suppose, maybe sometimes we don't understand exactly what culture is like in, in Ulster, playing, I suppose, I, one of the, my best experiences ever uh, in GAA was uh, being part of the Kildare management team. We played Antrim in Cushendall, um, up in the Glens in a National League game, and it's a daunting place to go with no supporters and a, and a weak team, but I can just remember the, just a girl singing the National Anthem before the game with no backing music, and the mountains up to the right-hand side, and the sea out to the left, like, geez, this is unbelievable. It's just something that will always stick with me. There's just something a little bit special about I think, the culture there um, that unless you experience it, it's maybe a little bit hard to describe. But I suppose what was, like, to the casual observer, it might have looked like Stott Neal's success came kind of out of the blue. Um, so, like, what, were, what was it like when you were playing underage with Stott Neal? And what were the years before you made the breakthrough with the first All Ireland win like? Were you always kind of close to, to making the breakthrough or, or did it just, I suppose, happen almost overnight? Um, well, probably from a personal, like, we underage, we were lucky enough to have a good, strong team. But that never meant you were coming out of Derry easy or winning underage championships easy. It was nearly, it was always very close between the underage teams. Um, but the Slatniel, well, the senior teams weren't successful and hadn't been really up until, like, the Camogie won our first 
senior Derry um, in 2012, and that was, well, the footballers won in 2014, um, which was the first championship one, and then uh, from 2012, and that kind of got the ball rolling. But before that, we weren't necessarily successful. We were always nearly in finals, but getting beat by very close margins. Um, but then Derry had very strong teams, like Swatra and Lavi at that stage were. And Paul Ryan as well. So it, it wasn't like where the standard of Camogie and Derry at that time was very good. Just, You're probably looking at um, a cool range. They went on to win. Did they play yeah. the Intermediate All-Ireland? Yeah, they won two Intermediate All-Irelands yeah. then as well. Um, so it was, it was tough enough coming out of Derry, but then um, it's only in recent years that we've become, I suppose, more successful. And, and then all three codes, it all just sort of came together. At a lovely, at a good time, all codes then were successful and won. But really, the, the Kamuki team hadn't been successful before 2012. Um, and that there was a group, good group of maybe 10 players that had come through underage, were strong coming into a senior panel then that strengthened it. And with the experience then of four or five others that had been there for years and years, that um, it was all just a real learning curve at the start. Still has a learning curve, but yeah, while all this while all this was going on, Tina, you were cutting cutting your uh, cutting your teeth around Perfect. St. Brendan's Park and uh, Tullamore and all these kind of places. A million, it was not a million miles away, but mo it may as well have been a million miles away from all this that was going on in Derry. Little did I know. Little did I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you can't do the Roy Keane on it now and say that it was always your dream to grow up and play for Slat Neil or the Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane's team was always no Robbie Keane's team was always no matter what jersey, what jersey he pulled on. It's always been my dream to play for Tottenham Hotspur, Celtic, whoever it was. So you can't you can't pull that one now. But um, but yes, well look, when you when you won the first one, um, obviously Tina, you'd you'd uh, made a fateful trip to Australia. That's well documented and. Met, met Patsy there and you're, you're kind of knocking around Slat Neil, but you weren't involved in the first one so would you been going to the games and stuff and, and watching or yeah yeah I think uh, it was kind of notorious nights out up in the Slat Neil hall after like matches and things like that so would have got to know the girls um, just from obviously meeting them out and things like that and then I went to I went to watch their I'd been to a good few of their matches but the one that really stood out was probably the time they played Burgess they played Burgess Duhar and all earned semi final down in, where was that? In one, what was that? One and uh, in a shh. In a shh. Oh, yeah. And uh, that day it was, I just remember Trey's man getting in on goal and mm -hmm. they were just unbelievable that day. And I remember walking away from Inishkeen going, they're going to win the All Ireland. Like, they just was mm -hmm. so impressive. Um, and then I was at the All Ireland final and it was just, it was amazing to see the girls, like they were so good that day. I remember Eilish Cassidy getting a, a brilliant score from the sideline. Mary Kelly. <laughs> Maza Kelly, you know, in the goal. And just everything. I remember just, and you just remember being so, so happy for them, I suppose. Um, it was just a, a team from Derry to be coming up winning an All-Ireland um, senior camogie final. Just the stuff of dreams, but... Um, you just seen after seeing the girls that day, you just knew there was something special about them, and and they were going to go on to to great things. And then I had moved up. Then I had moved up the following April. Myself and Patsy had planning permission, and we planned to start building that June slash July. So 
I came up and then Patsy had said, why don't you go up the road and play a bit of Camogie with Schlockmiel? Because I suppose I was at that stage where I was thinking of maybe retiring and hanging up the boots. Uh, look at her now. It sounds like Patsy suggested it, but I presume you had a Pat Bay to the door going, here, listen, you need to get this one tugging out for us. I presume it wasn't all of his own initiative to get her up playing. Every night in the local bar or in the hall, anything. <laughs> And she was plagued, God love her. Yeah. <laughs> she was tortured. Did you have any doubts at all about going in? Because obviously, I suppose, in our learning winning team, were you afraid? Or did it ever cross your mind? Or might be a stupid question that you might have upset what they had there by kind of maybe coming in as an outsider? Or was it, did you kind of already know the guys and it wasn't really such a big deal going in? Like, you went up to the pitch and the girls suddenly weren't strangers or anything like that. You'd been meeting them at matches and you'd been meeting them up in the hall, in the dugout and all these places. And Grani actually brought me up to my first Kogi training session. She came down and lifted me. And I remember we played our first league match maybe against, was maybe Lavi. And we headed into the dugout then that night. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just it. a breaker, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it then done there. You're, you're not truly in the team until you've had the night out. That's, yeah. that's the way it works. Well, Tina doesn't yeah. tell you, I took her up to our first training session, but then I ended up marking her in the first. This was after boozing after the first All-Ireland, and I ended up marking her in, um, for her first training back, and I was... Send <laughs> 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 her back down the road. Back down the road. Jeez, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't ever do it easy, did you? I suppose like the very, the first one you won, you won by two points against Sarsfields. Suppose that was the start of the, of the rivalry with Sarsfields. The second year you beat Sarsfields, it was postponed. It ended up being played in Monaghan. And the third year you played against Martins in, probably the worst conditions you'll ever see, uh, ever see a game played in. Like so, I suppose you, you haven't had it easy. You had a couple of close scrapes with Lockheel as well. So. I suppose, uh, did you ever look back on the on the on the whole journey? and think, Jesus, it, it could have all ended at at different times along the way. Well, see, in that semi-final we played Thomas, Thomas time, time, which oh everybody gets heebie-jeebies <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> it was a a huge one, like it was mental conditions. It was um, a game of two halves really because um, we had the wind in the first half, yeah. and then they had it in the second half. And oh, there was nothing in it. There was oh nothing in it. It fucked up a ball, and we were lucky that it, the time just ran out in the full. It was a draw. The time we just uh, and we even got the, the we had to win the extra time and the first half extra time. And I suppose you know, wouldn't been used to be ever playing extra time. Like you're playing like the Farrell girls, you know, and you're playing Kilkenny outfit so, which yeah. are just a, a debut outfit. Oh so, um, and then I remember Siobhan popping up for this brilliant score I think it was against yeah. the breeze maybe in the second half you know when somebody gets that big inspirational score you think Lots right yes so keep driving on um, but no yeah there has you only uh, look back there's but that was a game that if we hadn't won that toss for extra time and had the breeze in the first the first half of extra time I think it could have just went yeah anyway like it really was a yeah. Point for point, that was mm -hmm. a horrible game. <laughs> I don't know I'm coaching Thomas down now, and uh, there's actually a photo of Slot Neil up in the dressing room, and they all look at it for 10 minutes before they go out training. So, <laughs> I so it's, the real, <laughs> it's the real motivation, it's the motivating factor now to try and get back, back to the back to the again. Oh, that's not true, by the way. 
as a joke. <laughs> um, I suppose like the like it's it's phenomenal thing of what you've done. I mean, it, it's I, I remember saying on a podcast before that, like, okay, you haven't won the most Star Islands in a row. Going back over the history, but like, it's never it's never been harder to do what you've done. I suppose with the with the strides and strength and condition, and every team is prepared now. And like we were look, we were talking about the Galway Championship last night in one group in Galway of Mullyard, Dratton, and Sarsfields. You know, and in 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 Wexford you have Martins and Owlart and like there's just so many class teams all over. So what you've done is phenomenal to to go three in a row like against against that quality of opposition. I suppose the big question is how like how do you keep going? Like what's the what's the motivation? And is it something you have to work hard at, or is there that bit of a natural natural hunger inside the squad, or do you have, do you have to work at it? You're looking for the secret. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but look, I, suppose, look I, manage, I manage UL, like, and UL have won five in a row. But the advantage of a college team is that every year you have seven or eight new players coming in who didn't start last year and they drive it on because they want their medal from on the start. But obviously, you don't have a huge turnover with your panel. So, without giving away the, <laughs> without giving away the secrets of Fatima, I don't know, how, how do you keep doing it? It's a genuine question. <laughs> uh. No, if there's a secret, they haven't even told us yet, to be honest. So uh, <laughs> I think I, I think we're very fortunate to have a management team um, that keep us very grounded. Um, everyone has a role. And I think, like Anton, when you have a great, a very good, talented group of players that are committed, you need a very, very good management structure to kind of glue it all together. And we are so lucky. And the consistency to have the same management team yeah, over them last few years, like, uh, and everyone has their role, be it like whether they're doing stats, um, you know, whether they're looking at the gym programs or your, I suppose you're hurling at your yeah. training as such, like, um, but I think they're just supposed to try and keep us really organised, um, and then you feel like when you go to the pitch, you just go to train that they look after everything else, and your yeah. job is to perform and, um. That's fine, but you mentioned just your natural hunger, like even the success has been feeding into those younger players that are coming into, yes, there may only be, last year there was three new girls coming into the squad and it was like, they were chopping at the bits to yeah. get up. <laughs> they were 16 years of age and that hunger does really like come right through there and it like rubs off from one player to the next um, and it's brilliant. And then we've had another two or three coming in this year, which is great. Um, as well as losing players, you are like the experience that those younger girls are getting year in and year out. Is you, you have to re- you have to re- rely on it, and they have to get the call and um, perform on them on them big days as well when they are called for. But and you, you realise that like I suppose the good times aren't going to last forever, so you just think mm-hmm. you just want to keep winning as much as you can for as and long as you can, can and because I suppose you don't know when the journey ends or anything like that. So. Um, there's there's nothing like it. Okay, well, the sun is shining, and I, oh, you're, yes. you're dead right about your management. Look, I've been involved in different yeah. community teams. <laughs> your management are, are are a special bunch. I think, like I suppose, logistically, it's quite difficult for you guys as well, isn't it? Because I suppose if you're looking for a good quality challenge matches and stuff like that, you're kind of isolated geographically. And I remember the first time I got a phone call, seeing the plus four four number coming up. I can't remember who was involved. In it. it might have been Limerick or Kilkenny or someone. Slot Neil looking for a challenge match. I go, Chase, that's. Are you traveling? Like, are you coming? Because I don't know if we can even afford to go up. Never mind have the game. But like, I remember being on UL one night and just seeing the bus below. I'd say it was probably the first time we became aware of how serious an outfit you guys were. And 
seeing a bus below the Northern Reg, and you'd be used to seeing it because there'd be rugby matches on and stuff like that. And he's realising then you were playing Tipperary blowing, blowing Limerick, and you're going, these, these lads are serious outfit. Like they're not, uh, they're not just a flash in the pan or whatever. You're really going to the ends of the earth to, to, to get the preparation right. So it's, I suppose it's tough going, but. That's it, but you kind of get into a way of it whenever you're expecting it to be tough. You become, you plan all around it. It's not just a case of rocking up the training anymore when it used to be in 2012 whenever we did win that championship. That's how training was. You rocked up, you dusted off the bits that could have been lying in a bit from the previous training. Like things just like that. It doesn't happen anymore. We've nearly taken it that next step that you're expecting the management to be professional about it. You're expecting the players to be prepared. Yeah. Um, and to give it 100%. So we're just lucky that we have the yeah, everything or the committed group, the full yeah. group that we do have. We've probably been playing a few practice games down in Dublin, which isn't too bad mm-hmm. to travel to, really. No. Like, you know, when mm-hmm. the habits then. Yeah. yeah. I had a brief stint, in, brief stint with Offaly, very brief stint. And, uh, I yeah. think probably probably what tipped the scale for me was the trimming you gave us down in Abbotstown one Sunday morning. I think I had enough of it after that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that wasn't uh, that wasn't great. But actually, I can remember that day going away from Abbotstown. I think I'd only ever seen maybe I'd only ever seen two Camogie teams play the way you played that day. I was kind of thinking, going, "Geez, there's nobody going to touch these for a long time to come." It's just uh, it, it was it was scary to see it in the flesh. The only time I'd ever seen anything like that before was a trimming Kikini gave us one year with Limerick. Uh, we went down to James Stevens one Sunday evening and then they just walked through us and like that was the only time I'd ever seen seen that level. And I suppose talking about county, like the level that you guys are performing at and have performed at, if you just threw on the the white and red jerseys, I suppose, for Derry, like there wouldn't be anyone that'd keep it pucked out to you in the in the intermediate championship. So I suppose the hard question to ask, it's been all very positive now and smiley, but I suppose how come there hasn't been uh, <laughs> How come there hasn't been more buy-in from the club for the county scene? And I suppose, is that down to the organisation of the county? Or is it because, and I've seen this, like it's so taxing to get as far as March that you just, like going into county isn't even in question. You need to, to recharge the batteries. You can go with that excuse if you want, but tell us the truth. That's, that's, that's what I was going to go with, actually. <laughs> By the time March comes around, and, and truth be told, this has been like that year that are final was postponed and postponed to the end of March then which I had actually considered going back to play for Derry that year and see by the time that match was played I said no I cannot <laughs> look at I think about going up to Owen Bay to train and then that was another year missed and like I wouldn't feel right taking a month to myself after club and then coming out to play for there when the other girls have trained hard and done them things. Um, so for me, like that has been the case this past couple of years and you get to March and you just think, no, I need, I need a month or two months of not looking at Camogie for a while and um, give, have got a headspace. But there was probably, there was five or six as well. Yeah. We had like Eilish and Brona and Aoife and Sinead and Trace. Yeah, so there has been about five or six girls that have um, committed themselves, yeah. uh, committed themselves to Derry. Anyone else? Um, it's been a few. Shannon did the fish last year. Yeah, so there has been a few girls throwing the red and white. It's hard to keep doing it all, isn't it? Like, and I suppose the schedule doesn't help either. Like, Joe, the national league is on right through the club and stuff like that. Maybe if, if they, if one thing comes out of the lockdown, it might be that the Club Association might have a look at the schedule a little bit and kind of 
and spread it out a little bit, I suppose, because like, it's very, very loaded towards uh, January, February, March. It was the 2019 final, or the 2020 final just got in March. It was definitely the final everybody wanted to see. Um, Sarsfield, I suppose, have gone so close, obviously beating them twice, and, and they've been in a couple of semi-finals as well. Um, like, it, like, it really caught fire in the last 20 minutes. Like, I suppose, is, do you feel maybe that you, that you left it behind you a little bit? Is it, is it one that hurts? Obviously, losing any final hurts, but do you feel that maybe you could have got, could have got over the line on the day? Obviously, there was some questionable possibly refereeing as well involved. There was a few, uh, I think there was a new hashtag invented. I'm not sure if we'll go into it, but <laughs> the Brexit referee and Dominic Cummings was, was involved, was he? But, um, how, how do you, like, is, that, is, that some, is that a game maybe that you feel is left behind and is that acting as a, as a I suppose, a motivating factor to, to drive on again this year? Um, well, we actually had a, a discussion about it at training there last night and it was just saying how you'll, in years to come, you'll talk about the wins and the victories and things that you'll, and people will come up and talk to you about them, but you'll always revert back to that one that you lost. Like it's just human nature to pick out the fault and pick out the negative things. But, um, and like we all went away saying, what if and why did I not? And I did this and didn't do that. And I think nothing haunts you more than regret. Like, mm -hmm. and I suppose, and probably what we got out of last night's, you know, I suppose reflection on the whole thing was, I think everyone feels like, you know, they played a part in probably the fact that we didn't get over the lines, you know, there was no finger pointed at one person in particular, you know, everyone nearly had a reason of why, exactly, um, why we lost. Um, and, but that's the know. secret, collective responsibility, that's what, that's what it is, right, I'm going to write that down, take that straight <laughs> back down to Kikini. <laughs> <laughs> no, but look, that's a very, that's a very mature. It's a very mature thing, but I suppose it's the sign of a team that has won a lot as well. You know, probably if what happened, you guys had happened, a team that hadn't won one, it, it could be something that could be very fractious in a club. But I suppose it's a very mature, and look, it's the sign. It's the sign of a great, of a great team that you're able to do that and look back and go, listen, everybody played their part in this, and you're not pointing the fingers. That, that's a fair insight, I suppose, into the culture that you guys have there as well. Um, so what's the season looking like for you this, this year? I suppose you're, you had a league first at Derry, knockout championship then, and depending on what the Camogie Association do, there'll be provincial and Northern Ireland club championship at some stage, I suppose. We still don't really know recording this. Um, how competitive is the, without hanging anyone out to dry, how competitive is the local scene in Derry at the moment? Uh, okay, you, you can't you can't nail a podcast to a wall, so you can pretty much say whatever you like. This doesn't go in print, so it's okay. In the last couple of years, um, and that's your first one. Like you have to you have to win dairy to get you know to be. You can't look past that too. Like you know you have to win your dairy championship, and then the last few years, like you know it was only. We only won by a few points last year. Like there, you know, there wasn't much in it. Maybe five or yeah. six points, if even, maybe yeah. even less. And um, and the year before too. Like so, I think it's there's not like I suppose you have local derbies like anywhere in the country, and you just think that there's never much in it. Like and, and especially for ourselves, like do you know whether we're playing ban on the screen or swat or anything mm -hmm. like that. You know, there's no love lost anytime you go to play each other. And <laughs> even though we're not. Where is it from here? Yeah. <laughs> the rivalry in, in, in among the clubs, like oh, so okay. I that's not <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's tough. And I suppose as the as the number one team, I suppose like 
every time you play someone, they're going to be up for it, isn't it? That's the hard thing, you know. If you can't drop your guard any day, because everyone wants to be the to be the ones that knocks you off the perch, I suppose. So that's uh, that's a that's a challenge itself. It'll be interesting to see what way the calendar does go, because I suppose it's looking likely that. Uh, the provincial championship isn't going to be played until January, so I suppose that'll probably be something new for you guys. Uh, if you do come out of there again, that I suppose maybe bridging that gap from September to, to January and how it's done. I know it's, it's going to be a big challenge for us in UL because we would always have played the counties in kind of November, December, and January, getting ready for 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 Ashburn the same as yourselves, and they obviously they won't be playing now. So I suppose it'll, it'll be a test of the management now as well to see how. Um, Maybe you might come down to UL actually and play us. You can come down to Limerick again. You're more than welcome. We can't afford to go anywhere, I tell you. <laughs> we, <laughs> we'd only love it. Joe, I'd say if we gave them half a sniff of a trip up to Slot Neil, I'd say they'd nearly pay for themselves to go up with the same group. But, um, but listen. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Well, guys, listen, thanks very much for your time. We've taken enough of your time now on a Saturday evening, so I really appreciate it. And very best of luck in the, in the upcoming championships. And sure, who knows, we might, uh, we might see you down the road with Thomastown, maybe, to, to right the wrongs of those semi-finals. Who knows? <laughs> I just hit record on this now. This is going straight into the Thomastown group. Look what they were saying about you. Scandalous stuff. Scandalous stuff. <laughs> well, guys, th thanks very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Lovely to have you.